0: Welcome to the Happy With Yourself podcast. I'm your host, Becky Smith. Many of us have good lives, the lives we've always wanted, but we still feel frustrated and unhappy with ourselves. You deserve to value, appreciate, and accept you right now, exactly as you are. Whether it's life coaching tools, learning from others, or sharing my experiences, I'm here to help you be happy with yourself. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I am taking advantage of my new editing software again, learning so much about editing, and also just the power of improvement. When you know better, you can do better. I'm also learning about how much repetition helps us to learn. As I'm going over this podcast that is something I did months ago. I am reminded of the principles and lessons that we talked about that day, and I'm seeing them in a different light. I've had different experiences. I'm a little older, not much, but a little older than last time I went over it. I thought that this would be a great experience for you also. I wanted to point out a few things for you to look for. First of all, I want you to look for how fear shows up in her life. It shows up in so many different ways at different times in her life. I want you to think about how it's showing up in your life. If you can pick it out, if you can see it, look for the buffering or the avoiding negative emotion. And how that was happening and how that was showing up in her life. And as always, how is it showing up in your life? Look for mindfulness and self-awareness. And how those things really help her to not only maintain on a daily basis. But helped her to change her life. Last but not least, look for the light, love, and hope that is possible for all of us. Remember to apply all of these principles and stories to your own life, and let us learn from each other. Once again, without further ado, here is Shalise Fike. Shalise, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Becky. Thanks for inviting me. Will you introduce yourself?
1: I will. I am Shalise Fike. I am a wife, a mother, an entrepreneur, an artist, a mentor, and a daughter of God. Love it.
0: You have a really great story, an inspirational story that we need to hear.
1: Yes. I'm yes. very, very, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> and it makes me think I've got something that might be of value to someone. I love
0: that. That, that makes me feel so special. Good. Well, and I believe everyone does, but there are people who their stories are a little more visible, you know, that you can see a little more. I want you to just go ahead and start your story. Start wherever you want to start and and tell us. Okay. I think we'll go
1: back to 2001. I was serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was called to serve a mission in the Padova Italy mission. I got out there. I was so excited. Italy, right? How amazing is this? (laughs) It was amazing. But there were some things that I learned about myself out there that were not so pleasant. And I experienced some really, really intense anxiety and depression to the point where I, about four months before I was supposed to come home, I call up my mission president and I said, I need to go home. I think I need to go home early. I can't do this anymore. I'm not doing anybody any good. I'm a mess. I just need to go home. he had me call my parents and I had a really good conversation with my dad and my mom. But especially uh, my dad who let me know that he also suffered from similar things that never really occurred to me. Uh, that there was anxiety and depression in our family. I, I look back and I laugh at myself now and because I see it. They said, we, we would love for you to stay, but we want, you know, on your mission, but we want you to do what is best for you. We support mm-hmm. you and love you a hundred percent. Okay. It's so up to me. I just kind of wrestled with the decision for a few days And just could not find peace at all. There was so much fear. I was, if I go home, I'm going to be a huge failure. And I'm da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? One night when my companion was sleeping, it was probably midnight and I just could not sleep. I just went into the bathroom and knelt down on the floor and just poured my heart out um, to Heavenly Father. Help me to know what to do, what's the right thing for me to do. There was this just fear that was so intense that I could cut it with a knife. All of a sudden, I felt this warm, tingling sensation from the top of my head down to the tips of my toes. Just felt the words, (laughs) be still and know that I am God. All the fear that I had just totally vanished. I knew that I was going to stay on the mission and that was my decision. That's what I wanted to do. I had no idea how I was going to manage it, my mission president transferred me to somewhere that was sunnier. <laughs> and I got a little bit more sun and I was able to finish out the rest of my mission successfully. And that single experience, spiritual experience helped me to personally know that I had a heavenly father that cared about me, that loved me, and that knew me and that knew exactly what I needed. And so especially going through so much fear and anxiety, it was amazing to come out of that just with the support, knowing that I wasn't alone and that I didn't have to do the hard things alone.
0: It was almost 20 years ago. Did you really understand that it was anxiety and depression then? Did you have words for it?
1: Back then? Actually, yes. That was when I realized that I did have anxiety and depression, but I I had looking back on my life before that, I didn't know, but I had experienced anxiety and depression since I was a kid. I would have panic attacks that would knock me out for a couple of days as far as my body would just tighten up and my stomach, I would get so sick throwing up and I had no idea what was going on Mm -hmm. and just didn't know what it was. Now I'm like, oh, that was just anxiety, the panic attack. So interesting to be able to look back and be like, oh, light bulb. That's what that was.
0: I have similar things. I had stomach aches all the time. Thought there was something wrong with my body, but now it was just anxiety. And a lot of it was social anxiety. Just wondering, after you had that spiritual experience, what changed for you after that? Were you still feeling all the anxiety and the depression, but you were able to manage it better? Or did it lessen?
1: Oh, it definitely lessened. I mean, at that instant, the really intense fear and anxiety totally just went away through the rest, maybe the last four months of my mission, I would experience a little bit of fear, but it was manageable. And I would think back often when those feelings would come up, I would think back on that experience and think, God knows me. God loves me. I'm okay. Be still and know that I'm God. So even when that, you know, those words would come back, not with as much intensity, but I didn't need that much intensity
0: because Mm -hmm. the feelings had lessened, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. Often, that is a lot of the answer that we get is that be still, the meditation, the the breath, and people often don't wanna hear that because it's almost, I don't wanna say easy, but too simple of an answer. Mm Sometimes mm-hmm. we don't want to hear that, but I, I love how you embraced that, but cause you actually, you felt it. It wasn't just something you heard, something that you experienced and felt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was almost a command, Okay, you know? it was a command girl, chill, <laughs> I got this, you don't need to, it, it's, you know, the world does not revolve around you. You're okay. I got this. I got, I got everything. You just need to chill. be okay Okay. it was just kind of a heavenly father taking my hand and being okay little girl you got this let's go we can make it together okay fast forward do you want to hear some more yes let's let's keep going because
0: you know it's not like you just have an experience and then you're like okay well I'm done with fear (laughs) for the whole rest of my life right (laughs) right yeah
1: not how it works
0: you keep learning the same lesson over and over but it's in layers or maybe levels like you oh, know it's like tetris like you pass <laughs> yes. the level and then you just get a harder one like
1: okay that. so the next harder one and i think you're right because i think that that experience carried me through to to for a couple of years i got married had a wonderful met this wonderful man after my mission young man i tricked him into marrying me <laughs> <laughs> and well he's He says he tricked me into marrying him, but I don't know. So my husband went to nursing school and we started to travel, do travel nursing. It was about two and a half years after we got married. We had our first child and we did some traveling and lived in Arizona, California, Seattle, then back to Utah, back to Seattle, and then to West Virginia. So we had a few moves. We had a few moves and a few things going on during that time. Three children, you know, w- when we ended up in West Virginia, we had three children under the age of six, and my husband was going to school 60-plus hours a week with study time. He also had a, a leadership position in the church. It was a very busy ward. We'll say it was very a very challenging ward, wonderful, lots of awesome people. But my husband was elders' scorn president. Mm. He was gone for school and then gone for church yeah. a lot during that time. I had a lot of anxiety and some irritation. I was out nowhere near any of my family, and I was sad and angry and just overwhelmed with the the just all the challenges. I began to put on a ton of weight. We're talking. I was probably close to 200 pounds. Okay, in that during that time and it was really challenging. I found myself just eating and eating and eating and I couldn't I couldn't stop. There was a, a point during oh it was at the end of grad school my husband was at an interview in Idaho. He was interviewing for a job in Idaho and I was at home with the girls and I had another serious panic attack. I, my heart was going crazy and I was feeling really sick. And I had a neighbor take me into the ER and another neighbor took my kids. And when I was in the ER, they gave me a medication to kind of help with some dizziness. They sent me home. I was fine. They were just, they weren't worried about it. I was, they didn't know what was going on. It was my, I think they did an EKG or something. It came back fine. But I, I went home and had a Reaction. I was taking another medication, and medication that they gave me reacted with one that I was already taking. Mm. It caused me to have suicidal thoughts and and thoughts about harming my kids, and it was terrifying. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna tear up here for a minute. It was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. It was actually the night my husband came home. I had experienced these thoughts, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not me. This is not normal. What's going on? We kind of looked at. Research and and decided it was a a drug interaction, and uh, I just really struggled for quite a while with that. I was really scared to be at home with home alone or home with my kids, and it was just hard to manage. It was just really terrifying and really hard. But I had family that just really rallied around me and helped me through that experience. My husband, (laughs) my husband didn't take the job in Idaho, but he took a job in Maine, and it was even further away from home, I really wanted to be close to home. I was really angry with Heavenly Father. I was really hang- angry with God that I didn't get to be close to my family. Yeah. He put us in Maine and my anxiety and depression worsened. My relationship with my husband was on the rocks. It was really a really hard, challenging time for our family. Okay. Um, my weight ballooned. I was out of control with my eating. And all of a sudden, I don't know. I was reading this book and I saw a diagram of the addiction cycle. I don't know if you've ever seen it. (laughs) Anybody that's listening, just look up the addiction cycle and you'll get a diagram. I saw myself in the addiction cycle in relationship to food. And I was like, holy moly. Oh my gosh. I use food to cope. I use it like a drug. What the heck? I'm a Mormon. I can't be an addict." (laughs) <laughs> we don't do drugs. We don't, we don't drink alcohol. We don't do any of that stuff. I couldn't possibly be an addict. You know, yeah. I started to do some more research and, and found myself really having a desire to quit using the food, stop using it. I was led and guided by the hand of God once again <laughs> mm-hmm. to find people that could help me to have what I needed to quit using food.
0: Okay. So can you clarify right here? Yes. The difference between addiction and just cravings or in life coaching that I do, we have a a tool that we teach, a principle that we teach. It's called buffering. That's when we put something between us and feeling our feelings. Mm -hmm. It can be things like alcohol, drugs, but it can also be food. It can be Netflix. It can be shopping. Right, sure. I would say addiction is maybe just buffering, getting way, way out of hand. Out of control. Yeah. But how would you differentiate? Because in this world, people throw out the word addiction a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm so addicted to sugar. I've mm-hmm. even said it. So tell me what, what that really is. What is that really like?
1: Sure. So there are people who overeat, but then they can come back and manage it. Right, they can on their own. They can manage it. They can come back. They can lose weight. They can can maintain a weight can that keep is it healthy. In check. Yes, they can keep it in check. And, and addiction would be to the point where I can no longer. I don't no longer have the choice to stop. For me, at the very worst point of my eating, it was, we're talking seven cupcakes at one sitting. We're talking entire bags of Oreos. We're talking entire, you know, boxes of granola bars. The cravings get so bad. That need to get that high, I would say, is so intense that you just can't stop on your own. I just couldn't do it. You know, I promise, oh yeah, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to start that diet tomorrow. Or I'd, I'd be able to do a diet for a while. You know, I'd lose 40, 60 pounds and then I'm good. I'd get back on the stuff, you know, get back eating terribly. I couldn't get back on the diet and I'd gain 20 more pounds than what I lost. Mm -hmm. So it was just, I couldn't, without outside help, I couldn't put down the substance. Yeah. I couldn't put down the I It kind of came to my attention that there is a physical allergy associated. And, and when I say allergy, people are, well, you know, I know peanut allergy where your throat closes off and you can't breathe. Right. Yeah. But an allergy is just like an adverse abnormal reaction to a substance. Okay. That's true. Yeah. So the ab- adverse abnormal reaction that my body has to certain substances flour sugar artificial sweeteners is that when i put them in my body it kicks on this craving that you cannot can't be satisfied turn back off. You once can't. it's in once it's over. in there is no there is no stopping it i i have no i have no off switch with that at one point i think i did but I think I crossed a line that okay. it, my body no longer is, was able to handle those, those substances. Okay. There are people in this world that can eat one Oreo, r- roll up the bag, and put it back in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am not one of those people. So okay. this is something that I, I know about myself. Yeah. It's something that has been just really interesting. So that's one of the issues as a food addict is that, okay. so I've got that physical allergy you know, mm-hmm. adverse abnormal reaction. And then I have a mind that tells me that I'll feel better if I eat those substances. Yeah. It's just kind of this terrible spiral, but yeah. that will get out of control. While learning these things, I was able to, God led me to some amazing people that had found a different way of living, a new way of living that involved having just a closer relationship with heavenly father and not eating in that way anymore. I was able to find the help that I needed to, to put solid boundaries around my food to be able to manage it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I weigh and I measure my food. I eat, I weigh and measure everything that I eat. It sounds a little bit crazy and people are like, wow, that's really restrictive. But for an, for me as an addict, I it has given me freedom because I don't have cravings. I don't have, the food does not call to me. I have these solid boundaries and I'm free to just live my life. And it's awesome. This experience was so interesting because what I was lacking, basically the food was blocking me from being able to have the power from God that I needed to be able to manage my life. So my food was out of control. My life was out of control. Everything was total chaos.
0: Because it was between you and your feelings. God communicates to us a lot of times through our feelings. If you're buffering so much that you can't feel. Then it's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I needed, I personally needed just a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new Mm -hmm. way of connecting with God. Even though I grew up, going to church every Sunday, and I did have a personal relationship with Heavenly Father. You know, i had had those experiences throughout my life where I know He's there. I know I'm not alone, but this experience kind of brought me to a closer place, and once I put that food down, put boundaries around it, and it wasn't a buffer anymore, the freedom from the fear has been incredible. So it's not just that part, I put that food down. And then I had the opportunity to kind of go through and look at my life, go through all of my past, go through and look at some relationships and things that had bothered me and be able to look at them with new eyes and clearly understand where my thinking was completely and totally out of whack and where I had lied to myself, where I had lied to others, I was not living in reality at all. All of these things that I was thinking and believing and basically my food going to the food was my reaction to all of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was just one of those I can't deal with this, so I'm going to cover it up when I was that's essentially what it was for me.
0: Yeah, because everything um, we do in life is because we want to feel a certain way we want to feel certain feelings you're using the food you're going to the food to to stop feeling a certain way or to feel a certain way when you eat mm-hmm. the food mm-hmm. i love that you went into the thoughts because we, we totally do that we lie to ourselves we aren't exactly living in integrity with other people and with ourselves and if we can go back and look at those thoughts and examine them just like we would pick up go in our closet and be like Do I still like this Marie Kondo, who is like, does it bring me joy? I mean, you could do that with thoughts too, right? Does it serve
1: me? Does Does it serve serve me? me? Is it working for me?
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Well, I feel like it's such a huge blessing. I don't think I could have had this experience or come to this understanding on my own. I love that this is what you do. You help people to see. It's really hard for me to see my thinking that is off. It's because really hard for me it. to see it. Right. It is true. Everything that I think yeah. is true. You know, I've been given a new way of living that allows me to every single day look at look at the thoughts that are causing the feelings that are causing the actions. Mm-hmm. So for me, that is where the freedom comes in. The truth shall set you free,
0: yeah.
1: you know, and, and having the opportunity to just see the truth and live in it it's incredible it it has brought me to a new place of of freedom I've after putting the food down had the opportunity to begin painting my dad got me painting he's a professional artist and that's something that I would if, if I was still eating if I was still doing those things and believing the things that I was thinking I would not be where I am today I hate to even think about where I would be right now. I know it's just been such an interesting spiritual experience being guided and led through all these different experiences.
0: Can you think of, of, or would you want to share any of the thoughts that Mm -hmm. you were able to question?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love this. Before we go into that, let me just also say this. I used to think of... Fear, anxiety, worry, all of those things as negative emotions. Now I see them as just warning lights in your car where your oil light turns on or your gas light turns on. Oh, you need to pay attention to this. When I feel fear, when I feel worry, when I feel depressed or anxiety, that is a check engine light for me. I love that. Look at what you're thinking. What are you thinking? Then instantly, if I can find what I'm thinking and then find the truth, then the warning light goes off and the fear vanishes.
0: Oh, I almost want to have you say that again. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. It's a warning so, light.
1: It, it's a war- it is a check engine light. It's a check engine light. I'm feeling afraid. What am I afraid of? And putting it on paper, I love putting it on paper, is one of the most beautiful things in the world. I don't know if you are familiar with Byron Katie.
0: Yes yeah okay,
1: The work that she does is just absolutely incredible. Played a role in some of my cleaning house of my brain, and it's been incredible to go through her. that listening to her helped me to see that those feelings, those emotions are their check engine light and And I just need to look at what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, well, I love that when you don't make it big and scary. Then there's no reason to push it down because the natural reaction is to try to push it down. You're holding that beach ball down under the water, mm-hmm. or to go buffer it away with food because we just don't want to feel it. But mm-hmm. if you're just like, oh, it's just a check engine light. What's what's going on? That means we got some wires crossed up here.
1: Mm-hmm. That's it, mm-hmm.
0: and we're just yeah. gonna figure it out.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like taking it and unraveling it one little thought at a time. I have had some incredible mentors in my experience who have guided me through this untangling and unraveling because they had done it for me and they can see it's a lot easier to see those kinds of fallacious reasoning and thinking in somebody else when they're talking than it is in yourself. Having someone to help do that process is just absolutely incredible. So back to your question, thoughts that keep popping up. Yeah. I think the biggest one that kind of underlies everything and it comes up all the time is you're going to love this one. You're not good enough. Oh yeah. You're not good That's enough. That's the
0: core fear. Core yeah, fear. absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: You're not good enough. Oh, let's see if I can think of an experience, one that I just did recently. So as I was looking at getting into another gallery For my artwork to kind of expand my marketing, I found this gallery that I really wanted to get into in Texas. I was really anxious and terrified. And that thought popped up. You're not good enough. And and I was, really? Really? I look, okay, I'm not good enough. My art's not good enough. No one's going to like it. When I call them, they're not going to want to talk to me. I wrote all these things down and then turned them around. Actually, I've sold quite a bit of art. And people do like it. And I love it. Of course, they're going to want to talk to me. Of course, they're going to want to talk to me. They're going to make money off of me. Of course, they're going to want to talk to me. I was sitting there with the phone in my hand. I was going to call them to ask them if they'd look at my work. I just was turning around these thoughts in my head. Okay. Of course, they're going to want to talk to me. My artwork is going to be exactly what they're looking for going through and just turning that around, I made the phone call and it was hilarious because the stuff that i have written down for what they would say, because my artwork is good enough and I am good enough, almost verbatim. What I, mm-hmm. oh, your artwork is exactly what we've been looking for. <laughs> is crazy like, how that happens? <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. Oh my gosh, that thought for me, it comes up all the time. That's mm-hmm. kind of the the underlying belief that I've had that I'm not good enough. It's just, it's a lie, but I have to look at it in relation to many things. I'm taking care of it in this area and then it'll pop up again. Okay. Well, look at it here.
0: Like whack so, hit mole. It 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 down and then it pops up somewhere else. And
1: it is, it is, but it, it's funny because when it does pop up, I just laugh again. Oh, huh, there it is there again. You You're not good enough. Yeah, actually, I am good enough.
0: Well, I heard this interesting thing today on another podcast when they were saying that whenever your brain talks in the third person and says, you are not good enough, that you let you know where it's coming from,
1: that it's coming from
0: Satan or it's coming from outside of you. But anything that's I, because I heard you say, I am good enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? Right. So just to look for the U's in the eyes. When it's a U, hey, you know that's coming that's from somewhere coming else. That's not coming from me. That's right? not coming from me because I'm good enough.
1: Yeah, I am good enough. Yeah. Wow, that's really. Those are really good thoughts. I like that. Kind of another, just another check engine light right there. If yeah. I'm feeling those thoughts, is it a U or an I?
0: Yeah. Is that,
1: that can determine lie? Oh, bingo, the lie. Yeah.
0: Lie detector there, you know? I love that. Yeah. Is it just the maintenance now of working on those thoughts and then having your boundaries around food? Is it you maintain and you keep practicing and you're consistent? Is that where you're at right now?
1: Yes. That's the interesting thing about this kind of work and this kind of recovery, we'll call it, is that it's something that has to be maintained. I'm going to be continuously growing and learning along these Mm -hmm. lines. I have to check in with God every single day in this, you know, and that I got to keep what I'm doing, keep doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It worked for me yesterday. Yeah. It'll work for me again today. And it's just kind of a continual. It's kind of like you brush your teeth. And you're like, oh, I brushed my teeth yesterday. I don't need to brush my teeth today. But it's kind of a, we'll just call it a mental toothbrush. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a mental teeth brushing, that living in this way and looking at your thinking and finding the truth is something that I will need to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my sanity, mm-hmm. I was in my addiction. I was not a very nice person to be around. I think I'm a much more pleasant person to be around today when I'm taking care of business in my head.
0: Yeah. Because when you don't feel good about yourself, then that's how you treat other people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't do it perfectly. There are days when the lies will go on in my head for a couple of days and I'll feel that anxiety and depression again. Then it'll be like, Oh, duh, I've got a way to manage this, you know? And I'm always constantly working it at catching things before they take hold, you know, working on the the thinking.
0: What advice would you give to someone who is in the midst of this right now? It's feeling out of control. It's feeling like they're not good enough. um, Mm -hmm. Is caught in the cycle. They don't understand what's going on. What would you say to them?
1: Reach out. Okay. Reach out because I know for myself, I could not get out of that place, that dark pit by myself. You have people around you, and specifically if it's an issue of food, give me a call. I'm going to leave my number here. Yeah.
0: Well, (laughs) or email or whatever, I can put it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you my phone number, and, and people can contact me through WhatsApp. Okay. Because I've been there. And for me, I thrive on helping other people come out of that particular challenge. Mm -hmm. It's something uh, I feel like it's a gift that's been given to me freely. And I love to turn around and give that gift to someone else and see them fly. Just totally see them become free of the fear and free from the lies that hold them captive. It's liberating to, to keep that freedom for myself also to light somebody else's fire and see them
0: soar as well. Yeah. Because your pain is your training in empathy. You are the perfect person to talk to because when you understand something well enough to teach it, you're blessed too. Not just the student, but you Absolutely. actually teaching it. So, I totally
1: agree. I think the it's sharing and empathizing and lifting each other. It's, we all grow in that experience, I think.
0: Yeah, and just we're all dealing with the same pain. It just manifests different. I believe it's all that same pain, that shame that when Adam and Eve were cast out into the world and they were told right then, you're not good enough. There's something wrong with you. That's something that we has been downloaded into our DNA. (laughs) It's something that we have to work on for the rest of our lives. I don't want to be a downer about it because I see how happy you are and how happy I am and that there is light just because it's something we have to keep doing, like brushing our teeth. It, it's a good thing. It's not, it's not a burden.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. That's so true. Just thinking about Adam and Eve being cast out, they're still able to communicate with God and mm-hmm. God is still with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it may be in a little bit of a different way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But again, I think the lies separate it's the lies that separate us from God that I'm yeah. not good enough,
0: yeah,
1: that's what's got to be taken care of. and I today can really truly say that I am so grateful to be a food addict, a recovered food addict because that's exactly what brought me to my knees, yeah, you know that's what brought me to my to my knees to reach out to to God for. For help if I didn't have any problems if I didn't have any challenges what would I need what would I need help for yeah I really feel the greatest challenges that we have and the hardest things that we can ever go through can end up being our greatest strengths and our greatest asset in being able to help others for sure to with the same challenges or where we can empathize with them and and lift others
0: yeah all right Well, Shalice, that is a perfect place to end. I want to thank you so much for coming on here, for being vulnerable and for offering help. I will put your information in the show notes and people can reach out to you. I barely know you, but I'm so proud of you and what you've overcome and way to go.
1: Well, Becky, thank you so much for having me on the show. And thanks for what you're doing, spreading the joy and the truth as well.
0: Thank you. Awesome. Bye. Thanks. Everyone deserves to be happy with themselves. Share this episode with a friend. Leave a review so others can find the podcast. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Are you feeling stressed and anxious? Do you want to feel a real peace of mind and content with your life? I can help you with that. I'm a 200 hour certified yoga teacher and a life coach. I will help you feel better in your body and your mind using both the principles of yoga and the principles of life coaching. Check out my calendar in the show notes and sign up for a free mini session today and feel better now.